For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A98.5, 80s, 90s, and now good morning, and thanks for listening. We're so fortunate to have Dr. Del Rio, Carlos Del Rio, Emory University, coronavirus expert, um, available to us several times a week. Joining us on the phone right now, Dr. Del Rio, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Good, good. <laughs> it's exhausting, isn't it? What are your hours like? You work uh, uh, from dusk till dawn, dawn till dusk? Something like that, honestly. <laughs> I wonder if you get a dirty look from the other scientists, because you guys are trying to create a vaccine and some um, medicinal therapies here, and like, oh, you know, I'm going to take off, guys. Well, we got all this work to do. Uh, yeah. We do have all this work to do, but it's, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, things are changing so rapidly. It's amazing, right? Mm -hmm. What Drex was wanting to know is, where did you go for spring break? <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. The lab. My backyard. My yeah. backyard. The home office. <laughs> so right out of the gate, a couple of things that are out there right now is a couple of cats in New York State tested positive for coronavirus, but their owners did not. Anything about that? Who tested positive? Two cats in New oh, York yeah, State. Oh, yeah, I saw cats. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. I mean, pets Pets get coronavirus. Cats get coronavirus. Uh, you know, you you see, we tend to vaccinate them against coronavirus. But but it's not something that I worry much about because they don't transmit to humans, right? So, wait. So, a cat can get coronavirus but not transmit but, it to us? Yeah, because they have sort of their own strain, strain of coronavirus. It's different than ours. So the bats can do it, but not the cat. Well, they have to eat the bat or the cat, I think. <laughs> oh, it's all right, right, right. Oh. something like that. If yeah. I ate, now I'm not saying I'm going to do this. <laughs> all right, never mind. Let's move on. Um, another question was about um, air conditioning. There's another report that says air conditioning may spread coronavirus. And, well, and Georgia. The, I, think, I, I think that's, you know, that's from the Chinese report in the, uh, what I think what they were saying there is, remember, the air condition leads to uh, the air moves in a certain direction, right? Right. And I think what they were saying there is if you're sitting downstream from the air condition, it wouldn't be unusual for the air to be moving in one direction and transmit, you know, if I have, if I cough or, or anything, the, the a virus or any other thing can move down downstream that way, right? So is there any, should we have any kind of fear with the governor opening the restaurants and everything back up on Monday that... With, I mean, Georgia in the summer, you've got to run that AC. Mm -hmm. it, is there any fear of people going out to eat and this continuing to spread by by people using their AC? Uh, well, I think the the main issue, honestly, is the the uh, is that we have to figure out what. I mean, it's almost like you need somebody in there to look in in restaurants about the direction of the wind. You know, where which way the direction the air condition is blowing into. What are you doing as far as, as the, uh, you know, how are you separating the tables? Where are you sitting people down? I mean, if I was going to a restaurant, I would make sure that I sit in a place where I'm not going to be downstream, right? I'm going to be, I mean, finding a place to sit, finding the appropriate place to sit becomes more important than ever. So would it be appropriate if you were going to go out to a restaurant to, like, bring some wind chimes to see which way it is working? 
you know, if you like to go sailing, you can use one of those things that oh, you, you use when you go sailing, right? <laughs> and you can just see you can just see which direction the wind is going. You can throw a little little dust up and, and see which way it goes. And then say, oh, maybe I'll sit over here. Yeah. I, I do that when I play golf. I throw a little glass grass to see. Right, exactly, exactly. You know, it's, it's like playing golf. You know, you got to throw those little things up and say, ah, I think I'm going to sit this way. We made fun of Kara because at her wedding she served tacos on the beach, and we were like, oh, sand taco sounds great. So, yeah, throwing <laughs> sand into the air at a restaurant yeah. sounds like a win. Uh, Dr. Del Rio, you turned us on to this Washington Institute for Health Metrics website, and it's really been useful. I check it out almost every day, and I see the numbers jump around, especially when you get to Georgia, like, well, the peak was in May, and now it was in early April, and the death rate went up and then down. Is that normal for that to be happening? Well, you know, what was the phrase that predictions are hard, especially when they involve the future? You know, <laughs> uh, I think I think models are, are models, and models depend on what, what, what you put into them, right? And as you change the models, uh, things change. In fact, I've been, I've been, I've been waiting to see at what point are they going to? Because you know the model was predicted on Georgia staying close through and through middle of June, and then and now that is no longer that the case. I've been sort of going back and forward and saying, oh, what time are they going to take that new? You know, because they're still saying, oh, containment through closing Georgia. Now they're saying now they've moved that from June 15th to June 22nd. Wow. But the reality is, if we if we open before that, then I bet you their model is going to change, right? Right. So they're right. taking into account the fact that we're lifting kind of that shelter in place and uh, they, uh, they're taking okay. they're taking things into account. And and honestly, they're also putting in, you know, like when they first did the model, they were predicting forward, right? But as as as, as true information is coming in, as as you can see, if you go in there when you see the the graph on deaths in a dark red is the actual number of deaths in a light red or in a, in a, in a, in a dash red is a predicted number of deaths. So they know the number of deaths through April 21st. But after that, if you go to like May 1st, they're projected to have 58 deaths, but it could be anywhere between zero and 182. Okay. So again, you know, but as, as, as the real information is coming in, you start putting into the model and therefore you start getting different results. So one of the dangers... So now, now, now for example, the, the peak, according to this, has moved from to April twenty eighth. Wow! It oh. jumped last. It jumped last night when I checked it. Right. So, wow. so it's a it's it's a moving target. You know, life comes at you fast. <laughs> Correct. So, and, and you know, but also, well, but also, I think it, it tells you that models are just that, are models. You know, they're not the reality. And and we have to. While I like models, and I think they're useful to look at, they're not the the the. It's not the gospel, right? You need to at some point in time say, it's only a model, right? Yeah. Okay. we got to take a, a break and come back because I want to ask you about, so they're talking about one of the things with this, one of the dangerous parts of coronavirus is that you can be carrying it with zero symptoms for 24, 48 hours, transmitting it to other people. So I sent you an article this morning that's saying that now this, uh, it's like a ring. I'm not, it's not a mood ring. It's like it's a, a fitness, smart ring. A smart ring. It's like a you know how people wear smart watches. They're saying that they tested this at a West Virginia University, thirty thousand patients, and that it basically indicates with no symptoms that you might be fighting something. Do you think that that's nonsense, or you think people should go instead of buying toilet paper, buy one of these smart <laughs> rings? You know, it's it's interesting that they're doing this because the reality is, I think. I think there's a lot of things like that related to technology that we could probably do. And I think we need to get a little more. I'm really, I mean, a lot of technology I think is going to help us and confront this. This technology like this one that you're mentioning 
But it's also going to be technology. Like for example, I mean, I can I can see ourselves having in our cell phones like an app that tells you you're way too close to somebody, right? You're within uh, six feet of somebody, so you ought to move, right? <laughs> right. So wearing yardsticks. Going out of every part pool, of your pool body. Noodles. <laughs> pool noodles. Pool noodles. Pool noodles. That's, yeah, that's right. They're six feet, I think. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Del Rio, so uh, Governor Kemp gets Trump's blessing. Trump turns around yeah. yesterday and says, oh, I disagree with what you're doing. Is is this thing political or is there, or is there new data that, that some people are seeing that others aren't? The public health has always been political. But I think what we're seeing here is, you know, the president put out and the White House put out a, a sort of a, a blueprint of what they thought needed mm-hmm. to be done. And I think, you know, uh, the president was probably upset that, you know, that the governor did not follow what he thought was his blueprint. And as the president said, I respect him. You know, he's smart. He can do whatever he wants, but he's not following what I recommended. Along those lines, Dr. Del Rio, um, there was some kind of tracking that was supposed to happen before we could kind of go reopen the states and whatnot, tracking of the cases. How exactly does that work? Do they go to, like, try and trace this person's footsteps to see, you know, what stores they may have visited and stuff like that? Because my husband seems to think that there's going to be someone watching surveillance video for the exact moment mm-hmm. that someone you know, be- crossed because paths. This, because this virus moves so quickly, I don't think that's going to be the case because mm-hmm. this, virus, this virus moves so, so quickly. I think what's going to happen is what we need is Let's say you get diagnosed today, so we need you to, to get tested quickly. In other words, you can't wait for five days because you waited for five days, it's too late. Mm-hmm. You start having symptoms, you need to be available to test right away. You need to get your result right away. This is about speed. This virus moves quickly, so we have to move quickly. And you get notified about it, and then public health notifies about it. And what I would think is very important is that people in your household immediately get notified and they get tested right away because we've learned from china and from italy that a lot of transmission occurs in the household Mm -hmm. so i think and then you can go to the work side etc but you know remember the transmission requires living with somebody being very close to somebody so maybe in your work environment your household i don't think they're going to track you across um so dr del rio i wanted to ask you this because you're about 12 to 18 months away from a vaccine is what you estimate and um my wife and i actually got into an argument last night because i just proudly said oh i'll be first in line for the vaccine (laughs) and she's worried that a vaccine that's rushed out there quickly won't be safe and i understand that there's probably Mm -hmm. a lot of people that feel that way is there anything that i could say to her to make her feel better about that or ease her concern yeah i mean i I think you know the, the way vaccines are tested the way we do clinical testing is precisely to avoid the kinds of problems that you're concerned about in other words precisely to avoid that something is going to be unsafe. And, you know, people say, oh, it's going to take too long. Well, it's taking long for a reason. It's taking long because we want to be sure that it's safe, right? So this process of testing is the first phase of a, of a clinical trial. It's about safety. It's about making sure that whatever we're giving somebody is going to be safe. So you don't want something to be unsafe. Let's test it the right way. And I can tell you that's exactly what is being done with this vaccine. Dr. Del Rio, I'm not sure if you saw any of the research out of UGA the other day, but their uh, Department of Veterinary Medicine is working on a coronavirus vaccine out of their kennel cough vaccine. Is there anything that may be to that? Well, you know, it's actually, again, there are two things here that are important. Number one is that we know from animals that animals get coronavirus. And in fact, if you've taken your cat to the veterinarian, the the veterinarians actually give uh, cats a coronavirus vaccine. It already exists. There are vaccines for certain coronavirus that affects 
It's just a disease called feline infectious peritonitis that is actually a disease of cats that's caused by a coronavirus. So it's not, it, it's interesting to say we're going to use the same vaccine or the same strategy to do this, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it really, what it, it highlights to me is how we need to remember that veterinary medicine and, and human medicine is not that dissimilar. And at the end of the day, diseases impacting animals can come and impact humans. And this is coronavirus, a great example. This is a virus that came from a bat, right? right? So we need to understand that what happens in animals, we are part of the ecosystem. We're part of the, of the ecology. And the ecology, we're not independent from animals. So using animal knowledge and what we know from disease in animals to advance human health is actually the right thing to do. All these studies are being performed at all these different places. You know, Emory University, of course, being one of them. Do you guys have like a, a Google chat or how do you share your information? <laughs> You know, a lot of different ways, but I think scientific journals is a big one. But the reality is, is information is being shared so much nowadays through social media. Social media is a way in which I'm learning a lot. And people are continuously communicating through social media and advancing what we know through social media. Your social media probably looks different than mine because mine's just loaded up with uh, Tiger King memes. <laughs> people testing cats for coronavirus memes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dr. Del Rio, always a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me, and I'll talk to you next week.